to the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast, coming to you from DraftKings Studios, with your hosts, Kyle Morganoni and Matthew Betts. Hey there. Hey there, you listening in the car. I don't know, you're on a run, you're on the toilet, whatever you're doing. Usually when we start off this podcast, Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast with Kyle Morganoni, Matthew Betts, we try to hype things up, but I got to be honest, it's dark times around here. Betts, I'll let you get us started. Dude, what a weird day. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. It's about two o'clock on the East Coast as of this recording. I just feel like there's a lot of negative news coming out around the NFL, and it's kind of a bummer. Like I had a pretty good week in DFS this past week, but even considering that, like it's just been a weird couple of days. Of course, we can't bury the lead. Derrick Henry is going to be out for quite a while, which is hashtag not good for our big dog team, which essentially I've put to bed at this point. Um, we just got the sombering news of the Henry Rugg situation, which you ha- if you haven't seen, he was involved in a DUI uh, that actually resulted in killing the other driver, which is just tragic news. So I- I'm not going to lie. I'm in a weird place. I feel really bummed um, and I feel bad about it because I feel like we come on the show and we're always just like in a great mood to start. But yeah, man, I'm gonna be honest. I'm not. I'm not in a great mood right now. Entering this Tuesday uh, as of week nine. Yes, uh, lots of reasons too. Henry Ruggs was on our big dog team, but that aside, uh, it was a tough weekend to be a Falcons fan with Calvin Ridley. Totally respect the man, but as a fan, it's also tough. Um, my Braves. I'm still looking for us to pull out this World Series. So as of this recording, it's getting dicey and things in Atlanta. You just you just don't assume that you're actually going to pull through. I actually assume the opposite at this point. But I, here's here's what I feel bad for you, Betts, because over the last couple of years doing DFS, you've developed a proprietary model based around Derrick Henry and the Snow model. You and I we had filed for a patent, and with this news, we've gotten full Shark Tank. They're out. So no longer do people want this model. How are you feeling about that? I mean, the model doesn't even exist at this point. It barely even got started. You know, we kind of had it, you know, turning the corner a little bit. It's getting cold in Vermont. And, you know, when it snows, we know Derrick Henry goes off. The snow's coming in the next couple of weeks. I think it's actually in the forecast for the next week. Um, and what do you know? Derrick Henry now out after foot surgery. So sad times. Maybe it'll come back in the playoffs, assuming the Titans make it there. It looks like they will. Um, but there's news that Derrick Henry could be back for the playoffs and we do talk DFS for the playoffs. So if that's the case, maybe it'll get up and running again this year. We'll see. Yeah, because we need the correlation to continue. And I know you get to give your full injury take on him injury blitz podcast in terms of Jones fracture and recovery time. And it's just not looking good. It's not looking good at all, but this is a DFS podcast. So we get to first kind of decompress talk about this next week's slate and let's talk about this past week about cash before we get into week nine. Um, I, I was all over the map and I'll get to explain where I was at, but uh, you and I had some major concerns about Jalen hurts. I think that was one of the better calls we had this past week of paying up for Josh Allen. He was the QB one in the slate. It didn't feel that way for three quarters of the game, but so that was a good call. But I think both of us, when the news came out about DeAndre Swift, we pivoted and that almost cost you and it definitely cost me. Yeah, definitely. And what the news that came out was a surprise, kind of. I mean, Jamal Williams was on the injury report and I actually talked about this on the Injury Blitz pod that he was on with a thigh issue. And I think people have gotten so used to seeing his name on the injury report that you just kind of say like, 
oh yeah, whatever, he'll play. But previously it had been on for hip issue, for illness, like different things. And I said, this is brand new. So just monitor and make sure. And then we got the news Sunday morning that Jamal Williams was inactive. And I would probably still play DeAndre Swift nine out of 10 times if I knew there was no Jamal Williams against an Eagles defense that had been giving it up to running backs. I still feel confident in the play, but they just couldn't do anything on offense, didn't really get involved in the passing game in a game script that they were trailing. It didn't make any sense in terms of what DeAndre Swift was going to do. But all week we were on Joe Mixon as just being a smash play. And what do you know? He comes out for over 20 DK points. So in terms of like results, it didn't look awesome. I still think I probably would have made the same play given the opportunity next week. For sure. Yeah. You and I had Mixon or cash game lineup. I don't know, an hour and a half before lock. And then we switched off. I had some major, major galaxy brain late swap issues. Uh, if you want to read the full write-up, I, I had a fun little write-up talking about how part of DFS is withstanding your own stupidity and uh, going over the moon. So uh, I actually missed the cash line by less than six points. So how about that? Uh, if I just would have done nothing, I would have scored 200. But instead of the shoulda, woulda, couldas, I do want to give a principle to a lot of people because I've been asked about late swap. And here's a good principle to hold on to. And I'm honestly preaching to myself. When you get to that afternoon games and you see who's in your lineup, ask yourself the question, where else is there chalk? And late swapping is only useful when there is chalk on the board that you don't have. And so that was a big mistake I made is that I switched, even though there was really no other popular plays left in the afternoon slate. I had them in my roster, Chris Godwin, Dan Arnold, and uh, and I switched off those. So uh, it's really important in your cash game process to take some notes and to see how can you shore up your process each week. We give our cash game picks and we give you our pool of players. And then on Friday's podcast, we'll give you our most confident plays. But dude, I need to tip my cap to you and I need to eat crow here that your boy, Jamal Agnew, showed out this past week. <laughs> the goat. Yes, the goat Jamal. Um, yeah, we talked about it. I said, what do you think Urban Meyer's been doing on his bye week last week? You know, what, is he scheming up plays? Is he kind of getting LaVisca Chenault the ball? The answer is no. He is scheming up plays for Jamal freaking Agnew. I mean, it is ridiculous. I don't support it. But that's the reality. That's that's what Urban Meyer wants to do. And I even said on the show on Tuesday last week, I said, I'm kind of nervous about this, but this is what is happening with this offense. What do you know? He leads the team in targets, followed by Darren Arnold. And then Carlos Hyde. And whenever you can give Carlos Hyde eight targets, you just have to do it, right? So, uh, yeah, it, it's really intriguing, I think, because of the fact that when you look at this offense, you want to say Marv Jones, you want to say LaVisca Chenault, but Urban Meyer is a complete idiot, I'll say, in terms of his scheming. <laughs> I do not trust this man at all. And it was kind of, it turned into like a funny joke, but we got so many shout outs. People were like, dude, I played Jamal Agnew this week. Like, and I wrote him up as a dart throw. I mean, hey, don't let the fact that, you know, our boy uh, Tom Brady and Kirk Cousins both lost to backup quarterbacks. Don't let that distract you from the fact that Jamal Agnew and Darren Arnold both 4X their salary this week. So thank you, Urban, very much. You know, you could probably ride that one for a while. I think the joke you made to me is I can now put that on my resume from now on as recommended Jamal Agnew and <laughs> mine says Adam Humphreys. Yeah, no, that's going in my uh, Twitter bio. So check that out. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, the other news we'll just say that uh, really changed the slate is when Calvin Ridley uh, was out due to personal reasons. Kyle Pitts became someone that you and I both said like, oh, we should probably move off what we're doing because he's going to get so much more targets. And that was a major bust as well. So that was that was really tough. Uh, if you play them in cash, but the 
the plays that we felt most confident in, in our best plays article, those smashed. You know, our two biggest plays we said was Darrell Henderson and our boy, Pity City, Michael Pittman Jr., who's just been awesome. So uh, if you want those picks, I'm going to lay this out as clear as possible. In the DFS Pass, you can go to dfspass.com. You can get all of those. Bets, do you know how many weeks we have left of DFS this year? Well, we're entering week nine. And we go yep. through the playoffs in the Super Bowl. So there's quite a few weeks left. 14 weeks, okay? So Ooh. we have 10 weeks of regular season. We have four weeks of the playoffs. So we have a lot, a lot of time together. If you get the DFS pass right now, if you just wanted to buy it, it's 33.33, which is stupid cheap. If you use the promo code DFS pod, it's another $5 cheaper, okay? If you are someone that bought the UDK and you want to upgrade, it's only $17 if you use the promo code. So let me put this in perspective, Bets. If you wanted to play DFS for the rest of the year, you could actually get the DFS pass and it would cost you $1.21 a week. $1.21. So is that all of our work? Are we is, dumb? Is worth? That, that's <laughs> it. Apparently that's what pass. Andy, Mike, and Jason think is that you guys <laughs> and everything you put in and your hours and hours is worth $1.21. But it is a stupid, stupid good deal. And it is so stupid that we had a listener Right in, and this is what he said. Money, 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 money. Dude, we had How some, much mo- some crazy screenshots. Are you going to talk about the one that turned 30 cents into $30,000 that we saw? That's pretty crazy. Yeah, That's no, wild. I have one right here from Barry Missner. He said, I listen to your podcast every single Friday. I finally had a big win. Thanks for the knowledge, boys. And I'm looking at his lineup right here, screenshot, and... You know, Ryan Tannehill, Jonathan Taylor, Darrell Henderson, A.J. Brown, Michael Pittman. He filled out his lineup from who we talked about on the podcast. So my question is, why are we not doing that? The thing is, I did, but I didn't enter big enough fields. Like I took down a couple of caches in some smaller tournaments and had a great week in cash uh, for sure. But yeah, I, got, I guess I got to up the stakes with my own advice. So shout out to this listener, man. What a what a week. My wife says to me every week when I tell her, like, hey, we had this listener win, you know, $5,000 or $10,000. She goes, well, why, why didn't you take your own advice? And really, it comes down to contest selection. So I think that might be something on Friday's podcast that you and I kind of get to hit in the mailbag of here's a couple of places to play. Um, here's where we think our listeners are having success. So if you want to get the DFS pass, it pays for itself and even more. Uh, you can go to DFSpass.com, use the promo code DFSpod and join in with us. But let's talk about week nine. State of the main slate. Talking about week nine, and each week we refer to the DraftKings Sportsbook lines because they are updated. They're legit. It's where you and I play. You can go to sportsbook.draftkings.com. And every week we check in with these wagers that we made because we think it enhances the way that you get to play. Um, and this is something that's part of our process in the offseason of projecting. So I will give you one that's up and then one that was a royal failure this past week. I'll start us off. Uh, my Miles Garrett Defensive Player of the Year wager looks pretty good right now in terms of him being on a record sack pace. Like he's unstoppable. Uh, you probably saw his Halloween costume. He's he's the man right now. So he will have some uh, competition from like Trayvon Diggs of the Cowboys. He's getting all those interceptions. But uh, Miles Garrett is definitely one of those players. And then the one that's down... Uh, I took Minnesota minus three and Minnesota laid an egg at home. I took that before Dak was even announced because I assumed that Cooper Rush would be a starter 
and that one was a uh, complete dud. Yeah, um, that was atrocious from Minnesota on Sunday night. I mean, Kirk Cousins. When when you whenever you have a chance to check it down to CJ Ham, you just you just have to do it. Like, don't throw it to Justin Jefferson. CJ Ham's your dude. Yeah, what an embarrassing performance on Sunday night against Cooper Rush. I was a team. I'm I'm mad at the Vikings. That was a team I was really high on in the preseason. I love that offense. I thought they were going to roll. Ugh, what a terrible performance. Um, my, <laughs> I'll say this bet is down. It's not really a bet. It's our big dog team. It's just, it's dead in the water. I mean, we have Derrick Henry. He's the key. Without him, uh, how can it happen? <laughs> how can it stay afloat? We are relying on basically a couple of backup running backs that really in best ball, when you take these guys, you are saying, if something happens to the starter, here's how we benefit. And I don't even like rooting for injuries. So I'm not even like excited about Justin Jackson and Tony Pollard. Um, it's just a bummer. It, it's just really a bummer because this team was humming through the first eight weeks of the season, but that is not looking good. One that is looking good. However, Kyle, you and I both put a little bit of money on, it's a small wager on a huge payout of any team to go 0 and 17. And last week, I'm not going to lie. I thought the lions would, would come potentially get a win against the Eagles who have looked awful and what do you know the eagles smash by 40 something points so dude it's still alive one more week into it each week that you get closer and closer to those lines losing uh it looks pretty good so we'll see and it feels safe this week they're on by so we don't even have to worry about it we feel great we get to week 10 all right so week nine let's preview some of the games some of these lines have gone up even the last day uh, but there's one game that's head and shoulders above the rest and i feel like it's always going to end up being the chiefs as the team but the game that's above them all this next week is the Green Bay Packers at the Kansas City Chiefs who struggled to beat the Giants and put them away on Monday Night Football. But the game is a 55 and a half total. Uh, Chiefs are right now favored by one. It is super close. There is so much to talk about in that game. So we'll preview that later on this week. But that's the game that has all the stacking pieces, but it's expensive, right? Like on the Kansas City side, you have those three expensive pieces, Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek. On the Packers side, you have Rodgers, Adams, Aaron Jones. So the question is, where else can you go in that game? Because you need to find some value if you want to stack that game. You're not going to be able to just take three pieces and move on. So we'll talk about that game a little bit more. But uh, what are the other games that are kind of near that 50 total? Yeah, for sure. We've got two other ones. It's the Chargers at the Eagles. That over-under is sitting at 50 and a half points. It did open at 51, so it's been bet down a little bit. And then Minnesota at Baltimore is sitting at an even 50. But those are the three games, that's it, that are sitting at that 50 total mark. We do have one that's at 49 and a half, but it's more of an onslaught stack. You know, the Bills taking on the Jaguars, obviously early in the week, that looks really, really solid for Buffalo's side of the ball. And we have four teams on bye this week. So uh, Slate shrinks by just one game, but uh, definitely some interesting ones. Uh, what is interesting also about this slate is that the three games that are in the afternoon slate, I think are going to garner a lot of roster percentage. Uh, when you mentioned the Chargers and Eagles games in the afternoon, Packers and Chiefs is in the afternoon. So when you're thinking about your builds this week, when you're thinking about late swap, uh, look at our roster percentage report and look at those games because they're going to carry a lot of uh, roster percentages. But what do you think is going to be the most popular? And I know it's probably going to be Packers and Chiefs, but is there anything you already that already stands out to you about that game? Yeah, that's far and away the best game environment on the slate. You know, looking at that 55 and a half point total is five points higher than any other game this week. And in that game, 
Green Bay is guys, yes, they're expensive, as you just said, but they seem underpriced relative to the upside that we've seen. Devonta Adams is 8,200 on DraftKings. That seems low for a guy who we've seen smash before. And then Aaron Jones is priced down a little bit this week in the low sevens. And, you know, in the best game environment on the slate, assuming Devonta is back from the COVID list, it looks really solid against the Chiefs defense that we've just kind of picked on all year. Uh, but I wrote about this in the DFS pass. I think it's going to be very popular. But if it is super popular, I might not play it in tournaments early in the week. That's my thought process. And the reason is the Chiefs. What is wrong with the Chiefs? Like we always talk about them on this podcast and they come out and they've been disappointing over the last month of the season. Uh, Greg Rosenthal put this out on Twitter. He said that they're averaging five yards per play, which is basically tied with the Lions and the Jets over the last month of the season. So I know that the Chiefs have the upside. We've seen them clearly do it before. But, you know, if this is a game where I think people are just assuming like, oh, it's the highest total, just play it kind of thing. If that's the approach, you know, our opponents are going to take in DFS. I might go a little bit of a fade on that stack, even though it's going to be very, very popular. It'll be interesting with Devontae and Tyreek because they're the highest priced wide receivers. They're one and two on both sites. You can just assume that builds have that have Devontae are probably not going to have Tyreek and vice versa. So just realize that for GPPs, this is what you're saying. So, you know, on showdown, when you play, if you played on Monday, if you played Tyreek, you were basically saying Kelsey's going to fail and Kelsey epically failed on Monday night. And uh, so that's just something to think about because they're so expensive. They are basically pivots off of each other. I think it might keep some of their roster percentage down because people are not going to be rostering both. Uh, they're going to be picking one or the other. So keep that in mind. I'm going to say maybe a second tier game, but one that is intriguing to me is Minnesota at Baltimore. Minnesota really let us down on Sunday night. We love their pieces, right? It's very condensed target share with, with Jefferson and Thielen. I like Tyler Conklin. We'll talk about him as a punt play this week. And then on Baltimore, we clearly like their offense. Lamar is way too cheap. Mark Andrews is way too cheap. Hollywood Brown is way too cheap on DraftKings. So a lot of pieces. And I think it's more affordable game than the other one. And I think it could go over just as much. So Minnesota at Baltimore is a great game to think about stacking. But what's a game that you think is kind of sneaky? Yeah, my first answer when I was looking at this was Vegas and the Giants. I really like the Vegas side of the ball. Um, obviously, now we have this horrible news with Henry Ruggs. And I don't think he plays. And if he doesn't obviously that would change the upside for Derek Carr and, and the passing attack on the entire offense as a whole. So I'm going to pivot away from that answer and go with the Chargers and Philly. And I want to say it's sneaky because of the fact that I think we have this sense of negativity around the Chargers recently. For the first month of the season, they could do no wrong. It's what it felt like, right? Everyone loved Brandon Staley, Mr. Analytics, up in pace, all these things. And they haven't really been that awesome for DFS, especially in the last couple of weeks. But this feels like a get right spot. So I'm pretty excited to play the Chargers against the, the Eagles. And the reason being is that even though Philly has been kind of up and down, one thing that's remained consistent with them is that they are up in pace. These two teams are number one and number two in pace of play. So when you're looking at DFS and game stacking, you want two teams that can kind of interact with one another in a way that facilitates back and forth. This looks like it could be the matchup. And especially if Justin Herbert comes out and has a get right game here, then we could see the Jalen Hurts version that we become accustomed to where he has to play catch up in the second half. And that's really where his value comes from. So I'm pretty excited about the Chargers in Philly this week. Again, they have a nice total sitting at 50 points. I'm in. I'm fully in. You know, I'm always in with the Chargers. Still can't believe they lost to the Patriots at home. 
But I think this is a good spot too for Jalen Hurts, where last week we're like, uh, is he going to be pushed to really put up fantasy points? And they obviously slaughtered the Lions. But I, I love that spot. I'm going to say Denver at Dallas. And Dallas won without Dak Prescott. If he's back this week, I think it's a game that you can go game stack. And I know it sounds gross, but when Teddy Bridgewater, our boy Teddy B, is forced to throw the ball around 35 attempts. So I looked at his game logs. This year, when he has 34 or more attempts, he's had over 25 fantasy points every single time. That's what you want is when Teddy's pushed, he can actually get there in volume. Usually he's just an efficiency guy, but on the Denver side, there's a lot of affordable guys. Jerry Judy's super cheap. Cortland Sutton's there. So I think that the Denver side is a side that I wouldn't mind stacking. And I also like Ezekiel Elliott a lot this week. He's only 7K. So we'll talk about him with, with running backs. But it's a sneaky game because it's about three or four tiers down, but it still has a pretty healthy you know total. I think it's at 49 and a half is uh, what it was bet up to. So uh, I like that game. Let's find a game that you're like, I just can't do it. Yeah, this is the Saints and Falcons. And I feel like it's going to be at least somewhat popular because when you look at the pricing, like Taysom Hill is probably going to be the chalkiest play on the entire slate, assuming he's the starter at 5,500 without Jameis Winston, who unfortunately just tore his ACL. But we've seen games when Taysom Hill, excuse me, Tamus. <laughs> Taysom Hill is the starter and it offers virtually a zero to the pass catchers, which, you know, no one's excited about playing Marquez Callaway and Trick on Smith. And then you think about, okay, well, the splits with Taysom Hill for Alvin Kamara last year, at least, weren't awesome. So what does that do? So it's a game that I don't really love, even though it's a great matchup against the Falcons defense. And then on the Atlanta side of the ball, like without Calvin Ridley, obviously Julio Jones traded away this past year, like Matt Ryan very quietly has one of the worst groups of weapons in the NFL. And we've seen him kind of crumble when he doesn't have those playmakers. So it's really tough to see that game getting there from a shootout perspective back and forth. You know, the Saints very content to just hand the ball off to Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara over and over again is what it seems like. And then you throw a rushing upside of Taysom Hill into the mix. And it seems like a game that could just fly by with that team running as much as they want to. Yeah, I would take the under right now. It's at 43, which I mean, last year, these two teams played and Taysom Hill started both of those games. Those games carried totals of 33 points and 37 points. All right, it was rough. And he was uh, great for fantasy. We'll talk about him in a second of why we want to play him, why he's going to be chalk at 5,500. But yes, I have just been gutted, not just with Ridley, but like, where is the upside in the Atlanta offense? Is it Tajay Sharp? Is it uh, Russell Gage who just goosed? Uh, oh my is gosh. it Olamide <laughs> Dude, I mean, watching, watching Matt Ryan hyper-target Tajay Sharp in the two-minute row when they had to have a touchdown at the end of the game while we both had Kyle Pitts in our lineups was just Max Payne on Sunday. <laughs> like, come on, Tajay Sharp? Are you serious? He, he was really fun as a hype guy, like, I don't know, five years ago with the Titans. Anyway, uh, yeah, that game, that game, Taysom nerfs the whole offense. Without Ridley, it's nerfed. I would take the under right now. And then I'll just say Arizona at San Francisco, not great vibes in terms of injuries in this game with Kyler banged up, with Hopkins banged up, Elijah Mitchell's banged up, Debo's banged up, Kittle might return, but we're not sure. It's just, there's so many things. So it's at 46 and a half. I would gladly take the under right now. There's still some okay plays that I think you could use as one-offs, but uh, not really excited about that game. 
All right, which team are you most confident hits the over of their team implied total? Yes, I'm going back to the Chargers here. I know it's been kind of up and down over the last couple of weeks, but the reason that I like this this spot for the Chargers and their implied total sitting at 26 and a half points going up against the Eagles, they're a team that's been giving it up. They've allowed four of their uh, last five opponents to score 28 or more points. So, you know, the Eagles defense is definitely giving it up. Chargers, this is a get right spot. I like them to hit the over and score four touchdowns in this matchup. I'm going to go with Dallas. They're at 29.8, which actually a lot of points. But if Dak plays, I feel pretty confident in this team's ability to put up points. They're second in the league behind only Buffalo in terms of points per game. So trust Dallas, trust their offensive line. And Denver is just trending in the wrong direction as a team, especially after trading Von Miller. All right, which team are you confident hits the under of their team implied total? Yeah, it's hard to get excited like you talked about with this game between the Cardinals and the 49ers. Obviously, a divisional game, San Francisco's implied total at 22. I don't know that they can get there. And clearly, it's because of a lack of upside in what Jimmy Garoppolo can do. And you want to see him push by Kyler. And if Kyler is playing at less than 100% or out for this game with a less than 100% DeAndre Hopkins, how do, how do the Niners get pushed in this one is what I really have questions about. So I think it's a team that wants to play you know, with the running game. They want to ride Elijah Mitchell, and he's banged up. So who knows how they can actually succeed in this matchup with... The Cardinals, who obviously have been really solid on defense this year. So it's a it's a down week this week, I think, for the Niners and DFS. I'm going to say the Patriots. The Patriots, it shocked me, are three-point road favorites. Is that correct? Or do I have that line wrong? Because uh, let me look right right now. They have a 22 and a half implied total at Carolina that has completely shut them down. You are incorrect. They are four-point favorites. Are you serious? <laughs> According to uh, the Vegas charts in the DFS pass, yes. So yes, I would take Carolina in the points right now at home. Um, we're not sure about Christian McCaffrey, but that game has the lowest total on the slate at 41 and a half. And I just can't see that offense mustering up more than 23 points against the Panthers. So that's a game that pretty much is a stay away spot on all levels. Like I don't see many players. There's some affordable guys on the Patriots side, but I don't want any part of that offense at all. So let's talk about some salary standouts. Salary standouts. When you put yourself out on a limb on, on a podcast, you're like, uh, is that right? Am I a dummy? I, I mean, I was wrong, but they were even more of a favorite than I thought. So that line looked really, really uh, funky. You have any thoughts about that line? It's bugging me. Well, part of it too is Sam Darnold in concussion protocol. So you could argue that's a positive for Carolina. <laughs> He's been so bad. Um, so obviously that's part of it. But, you know, no Christian McCaffrey, potentially no Sam Darnold. It, it kind of makes sense. And I mean, the the Patriots have sneakily like competed with some really solid teams. They took the Cowboys to overtime. Obviously, they just beat the Chargers. So I, I think it somewhat makes sense. But I agree with you. It does get past the key number of three. So, yeah, if you're making me pick on a Tuesday, I would take the Panthers plus the points. Yeah. And well, yeah, like you said, we'll figure it out with Darnold, see if he's going to be a part of it. Uh, but yeah, lowest total on the, on the slate. I don't, I just don't want that game at all. There's no reason to go there. All right. Salary standouts quarterback this week. There's going to be one guy that's chalk, especially if Taysom Hill moves past concussion protocol. He's 5,500. Okay. And just to put this in perspective with Taysom Hill, he had four starts last year and he was a top 12 quarterback in all of them twice against Atlanta, who he's playing. He has a 72% completion percentage in the starts. And here's the best part. In those four starts, bets, 
He averaged 53 rushing yards and a rushing TD per game. And Atlanta has the lowest sack total in the league. That sounds like a pretty good success in cash. But what does someone need from Taysom Hill to pay off at 5,500? Honestly, not that much because it's going to allow you to spend up on the studs at running back and wide receiver if you do play Taysom, assuming he's the starter. So he's sitting there at five and a half. If he gets you, what, 18 DraftKings points, you're fine. You're happy with that in cash. And he clearly can get to 20 plus as we've seen with his rushing upside. And if he finds the end zone with his legs, that's huge. So yeah, I think if he's named the starter and we feel pretty confident about that, then at his price point, it's really hard to argue against him in cash games. Poor Trevor Simeon, like dude played awesome, like incredible, beat the goat. And now he's probably going to be benched and we're happy for it though, for fantasy. (laughs) Sorry, Trevor. All right. So who are the other plays that you like this week? Yeah, I I love the guy that you put down with Lamar Jackson. I mean, he looks like a really solid play this week, uh, taking on Minnesota coming out of the bye week. So I love Lamar at home. He's 7.3K. And then I'll just throw out real quick. You know, we just talked about Jalen Hurts. He's been a guy that we've gone to in cash because of his ability to play in garbage time and rack up 20 DraftKings points every week. Clearly, last week was not a week where he was pushed. If you trust the Chargers to do their job this week, then Jalen Hurts will be pushed. And his price is down at 6.7K. At running back this week, you know, we're, we don't have Derrick Henry on the slate and not going to have him for the rest of the year. Christian McCaffrey is up in the air, so we can't really give a call right now. If you found out Christian McCaffrey was playing this week at 8,000, is he in your lineup? I think so, but I'm not, I don't think he plays, which is why I'm so hesitant to say that. But if he's, if you told me he was going to get his normal volume at 8,000, it would be a no brain play. Like You would just lock him in. Don't even think twice. Yeah, it feels like we're still probably going to have to wait a little bit longer for playing CMC, which is so fun in DFS. But at the top end, there's a couple of names that I think we're going to want to fit into our lineup. So Alvin Kamara is 8,200. Austin Eckler, 7,900. Dalvin Cook is 7,700. I feel like one of those guys is going to be in my cash game lineup. So do you have a certain lean on a Tuesday? Every time I see Dalvin in the 7,000 range, it's almost blinders for me. I mean, that price is just so, so cheap for what he had been last year. Like, remember we were playing him when he was almost 9,000 on DraftKings? So to see him at 7.7K, it feels like a really good spot. And and like you talked about, we like that game environment quite a bit. So he's really intriguing to me this week, especially. I need to throw out Aaron Jones. We mentioned that game earlier, but 7,200 for what Aaron Jones can do against a Kansas City defense that repeatedly is getting gashed. They made Devontae Booker look like a legit, like, like I, I started Devontae Booker in a home league and I felt so safe. Like I'm going to get about 15 points here from this dude who's a backup. So uh, Aaron Jones, I think is going to be an interesting conversation about him and Devontae. And if you use one of them in your lineup as leverage and who's more popular. So 7,200 for Aaron Jones. I'm into that a little bit cheaper. Zeke is at 7,000 and his workload. Like that's really cheap for Zeke, if I'm honest. Uh, so I'm interested there. And then if you want to drop down even further, Elijah Mitchell had the most rushing yards in the league this past week. His salary only went up $400, but he's also kind of on the injury report. If he's out, that means it's Jermichael Hasty, and that gives us access to someone who's only 4,000, which is the stone minimum. So do we know anything right now about Mitchell's status this week? They said he was going to start the week limited uh, based off of his, I believe it's a rib injury. Is that correct? Yeah, so yeah. if he's 
you know, limited throughout the week, it probably will come down to a game time decision, most likely. But as we've seen with other running backs, it's it's really tricky for these guys to come back from a rib injury in the same week. You know, we saw it with Daryl Henderson a couple of weeks ago as well. So yeah, if he's out, that's going to open up a ton of salary savings. I don't, what's your take on Jamal, uh, Jamichael Hasty versus Trey Sermon? Uh, so Jamichael Hasty has been getting passing downs work, which makes him, I don't know, to me at 4K, I would want to play him. He's in that afternoon slate. So if it's a game time decision, you're really going to have to figure it out. So hopefully we find out that earlier. I think I like both of these running backs. It's a low total game that we said we wanted to stay away, but Arizona has been giving it up on the ground this season. So I think I'm interested in those running backs, but we're going to get enough savings with Taysom that I don't think you have to just go way down there. For me, it seems like the builds this week, if you play Taysom, you get at least one of those high-priced running backs and then figure out what we're going to talk about at wide receiver. Um, who are the studs that you want to get in there? Because there's some cheaper receivers uh, that I like this week that I think uh, you can fill out your roster with. But um, one more name that I want to give for Fandle specifically, I get it. All right, I understand that Frank Gore's grandson outplayed him, at least from our eyes on Monday Night Football, but Darrell Williams is only 6.7, so he's actually too cheap for his role, and he had six receptions. It's the highest game total in the week, so on FanDuel at 6.7, I'm still interested in Darrell Williams, especially in tournaments, as a way to get different in that game against a Green Bay defense that is still a run funnel as well. So any other takes? No, that makes a lot of sense. And you did just talk about Devontae Booker. He's only 6.3 taking on uh, the Raiders. So he's another good uh, FanDuel specific play to save some salary. And it's a revenge game against the Raiders. So that Ooh, dude I didn't even is think just... of that. Yeah, his price didn't move because of Monday night. So Devontae Booker, as as bad as it sounds, he's getting the work that you want for fantasy. Like I've been playing him every week because he's getting 15 plus touches and he catches the ball. So and uh, don't mind those their plays. injuries are insane. Like Kenny Galladay was out last week. Saquon was out last week. Kadarius Tony injured his thumb. Sterling Shepard injured his quad. Even Dante Pettis injured his shoulder last night. Like Devontae Booker is going to get 20 touches this week. No matter what, like they have no one to get the ball to if those guys are all out. So yeah, if, if they're out, he's a smash play on FanDuel. So it's John Ross season is what you're saying. That's exactly what I said. Dude, he was in the winning lineup last night. If you had John Ross in your lineup, you could have won a million dollars. All right, let's do wide receiver. You have the names that I think are the most intriguing this week based on points per dollar. So hit hit us up with those names. Yeah, these are kind of the mid-range guys. I still love T. Higgins. I'm going to keep going back to that well. He's just so cheap for his role. We, we both played him in cash. I wrote him up in the DFS pass. He'll be in there again this week. He was 5.2 last week. He's 5.3 this week. Taking on the Browns, uh, we need to monitor Denzel Ward. The top corner for Cleveland was out last week with a hamstring injury. If he's out again, you know you upgrade Jamar Chase, you upgrade T. Higgins on the perimeter. So he's a guy that's just getting targets. He's too cheap for his role. I'll also throw out Amari Cooper. I do not understand what our friends at DraftKings are doing. He is 5.7K against Denver. Meanwhile, CeeDee Lamb is 7.2K, priced up as the wide receiver 6. And in any given week, Amari Cooper is clearly capable of outscoring CeeDee Lamb. So I don't understand the price discrepancy there. I think that's a great way to get access to a team that has a huge total at a really cheap tag. So I love Amari this week. And then I'll throw out the two Ravens guys. Rashad Bateman, he's super cheap again at 4K. And then Hollywood Brown on DraftKings is priced down there at 6K, taking on a Viking secondary that you and I have picked on all season. I... 
I don't understand Hollywood Brown. So he's he's super cheap on DraftKings, wide receiver 16 on that site. But if you go over to FanDuel, Hollywood Brown is the wide receiver five. Like he's more expensive than Stephon Diggs, Justin Jefferson, DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Williams, Adam Thielen. Like it doesn't really make sense why he's priced up a ton on FanDuel, but uh, only 6K on DraftKings. So I love that call. Love the calls on the on the Dallas receivers. I think Amari is going to be a popular play. I just want to make sure that we 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 look at Adams. We look at Tyreek. Tyreek had 18 targets on Monday night. Adams is coming off uh, COVID protocol. We hope that he's going to be off and, and ready. Um, that would definitely change how we look at that game a little bit. But do you have a certain lean on those two? If you're going to play one in cash this week, you're playing. Oh, man. I don't know. I don't know. I think my initial take would be Devontae Adams, but it's not a strong take. And the only reason I say that is because, you know, these Chiefs corners have been extremely beatable all season. And there's zero doubt that, you know, he would be hyper targeted. We've seen a couple games where it's, you know, Tyreek Hill goes nuts for, like you said, 18 targets. And then the next week, Travis Kelsey dominates and Tyreek gets six targets. So, I think Tyreek has a little bit more volatility to him where we know Devontae's role is just so secure. So I think I lean him, assuming he's good to go from COVID, but it's it's a coin flip, I think, early in the week. I lean Adams as well. Part of me is biased because Aaron Rodgers, did you know he sent me some Bitcoin yesterday? <laughs> I saw you, dude. You were trying to get some Bitcoin from your boy your boy Aaron. He sent it. He sent it did to really? my brother was like, <laughs> Yeah, my brother was like, Hey, you know, Aaron Rodgers just giving out free Bitcoin. I was like, What? So my brother showed me a screenshot. I said, hey, you know what? I understand this is public information. I know it says I have a check next to my name. I don't really care. I just, if he's sending out free money, he's going to do it. And he did. Within five minutes, I got some, uh, he was doing it. He probably has some promo from Cash App that he's just getting paid the $5 million for it. So, uh, but yeah, hey, you know what? Free is free. That's what they say. So those are the wide receivers this week. I don't mind stacking Rodgers and Adams and then bringing it back with my boy, Daryl Willie, uh, on the Chiefs side. So that's kind of where I'm at. But tight end, where are you at? Yeah, tight end's really interesting this week because there are some names that are way too cheap. The guy that you'll talk about and then this guy, George Kittle. I know we haven't seen him for a while, but anytime you see George Kittle almost down in the 4,000s, he's 5.2K. When he gets that cheap, you have to consider him because of what he is capable of doing. And, you know, we need to see what he does in practice and how healthy he is coming off of the calf issue and all those things. But that's an amazing price tag for a guy like George Kittle. So more of a tournament play, I would say. I wouldn't go there in cash. But in cash, you talked about, you mentioned Tyler Conklin. I'm with you. I think he's too cheap. He seems like the punt play this week, all the way down at 3K. Yeah, Tyler Conklin, whether you realize this or not, he's running 29 routes per game. That's the fifth most at the tight end position. And the Ravens, they're enticing for me, not only the game, but they rank 30th against fantasy tight ends. He's just one at 3K. That's all you're really asking. Uh, On FanDuel, if you wanted to go punt, your boy Sweeney Tom, Tommy Sweeney, is only 4,700. He ran a ton of routes this past week. I wouldn't say it's a bad option in GPPs. Betts is shaking his head. You don't like Sweeney Tom. I mean, on FanDuel, I can't do it. I can't do it. You you just, I know he's cheap, but FanDuel's pricing is so silly that you don't need to punt, I think. Betts, 
we are contractually obligated to mention a punt play on both sites, and here you are <laughs> berating me in front of the audience. Yeah, you know what? This is what I do. I just keep you in check. You told me not to play Jamal Agnew. You know what? I did it. I played Jamal Agnew. <laughs> Guys, if I was a listener, if I'm honest, Betts has been on fire for the last couple of weeks. I'd be like, that guy Kyle's a joke. He said Adam Humphreys <laughs> didn't work. He had some crazy late swap. Betts, he mentioned Jamal Agnew, and he was right that one week. So, yeah. Go Jamal. Definitely, you should listen to Betts. Uh, I, I do need to mention a couple other names. Mark Andrews is too cheap, once again. Um, he's the tight end four on DraftKings, so he's a great play. And then Dallas Goddard on FanDuel 6,200. If he catches a touchdown, like he can be a top three or four play on the week. He was great this past week. I played him in a couple of tournaments, and even though Hertz didn't get there, uh, he put up 14 DraftKings points. So I think he's a, he's a fine play. And let's finish it off at DST. I'll let you go. Yeah, I'm going to throw out the Niners. They're 2.8K, and really they're in play if we get news that it's not Kyler Murray and or DeAndre Hopkins is out, which would obviously negatively impact the Cardinals on the offensive side. So they're pretty cheap. And then I'm going to also throw out uh, Las Vegas. Their pass rush has been awesome, and they are taking on Daniel Jones, potentially without Kenny Galladay, Saquon Barkley, Kadarius Tony, Sterling Shepard, and Dante Pettis, a.k.a. John Ross season. So you're talking about a guy playing with backups against a really good pass rush and, and a bad offensive line. So early in the week, I love the Raiders defense. If I was going to give some punt options even further down, Panthers are 2,600 at home against the Patriots and the Browns are 2,500. You know, they have a good pass rush. So maybe they're more of a GPP play against Joe Burrow, but uh, that's probably as far down. There's not as many. Uh, if you start looking like, oh, I really want to punt. Well, you're not going to play Jacksonville at, uh, against the, uh, the Bills. The Vikings on the road doesn't sound great. The Chiefs doesn't sound great. The Texans, like it's just the punting options are not great unless you go a little bit further up. So uh, that's probably as far down as I want to go. Browns at 2,500 if uh, if you want to go there. But if you want to get in on our listener league, I want to give a shout out to you because this past week, Bets, you hosted two tournaments at ballersdfs.com. One was called Battle the Bets and the other one was called Battle the Bets 2. Do you know who won those tournaments? I'm I need to search the names. Who won yeah, those I think two off tournaments? the top of my head, there was some guy uh, named Kyle Borgononi at the top of the leaderboard, and then the other one there was some guy named Matthew Betts. I I think those were the two winners, but I'd have to go back and double check. Listeners, what happened? We open up a contest. You know, Betts wins one, I win the other, and we were just like trolling at the top of those leaderboards, just talking so much trash. You 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 were talking about everybody else's mother, weren't you? <laughs> absolutely yes i was and you know that we just brought this up what's going to happen is we're going to open these contests we're going to play against you guys this week and i will see you at the bottom of the leaderboard guarantee that's going to happen this week after talking smack so come play with us uh it's a ton of fun man i love it yeah you can go to DraftKings or fantasy footballers dfs borg plus bets uh we had someone on monday night win 900 dollars in a winner take all tournament there was at one point jason was trending up jason was like at seventh or eighth for a while. He's in those tournaments as well. Andy, Mike, and Jason, uh, we love playing with you guys. So yeah, go to ballersdfs.com and enter into those contests. Uh, we love uh, getting to hang out with you guys. And hopefully it's going to be a fun week for uh, for week nine as we turn the page. But Bets, why don't you sign off? Yeah, hope you guys have an awesome week. We're going to be back to preview the main slate on Friday. We will see you then. Until then, check out dfspass.com. Literally cheaper than a cup of coffee per week. Go get it today. 
Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.